I'm just putting a sign up that says we're Christians and loving on people. That's not brave. But, you know, people interacting with people is scary sometimes when you feel like there's going to be a fight. Well, if you don't come ready to fight and you come ready to love, your perspective changes. Our guest today is Jessica Luttrell, and she's going to talk to us about the exciting topics of Comic-Con, cosplay, and creativity. And you might be thinking, okay, this is not for me because I'm not interested in those things or I'm not a creative person. But we're going to talk about how all people are creative as made in the image of God and how that is such an important part to us expressing our fulfillment and purpose in life and also how good that is for our mental and emotional well-being. And you're going to learn some things along the way that are going to make you cool with the hip crowd. So tune in for more. Welcome to the Holy Well Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Hodges. Join us for weekly faith-based conversations on holistic health to uncover practical tips for how to thrive and apply biblical wisdom to our busy modern lives. From fitness to food to fasting, we're here to discover what it means to have a healthy spirit, soul, and body. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Well, today I'm really excited to welcome my friend Jessica. She, why are you laughing? I thought we were taking another picture. Oh, <laughs> okay. Woo. Okay, I'm, a, I'm professional. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'll just I love you. Cut, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> Don't. It makes it better. <laughs> okay. Today, I'm so excited for our conversation with my friend Jessica, who I've known for quite a long time. And Jessica is a wife and mom of three beautiful girls. She's lived all over the place. She used to live here in Texas, and we were on staff together at our church. And then we both went home to stay with our firstborn child for a couple of years. And then we both went back on staff. And then we both went back off staff. So we kind of like follow each other around a little bit. And she is such a fun person. And she has so much great stories and things to share with us today. And she has her own podcast in ministry at Cosplay for Christ. And we're going to leave some links for that. But this ministry is something that reaches people in a unique setting and in a unique way. And everything that she does is about encouraging people in Christ. And so, Jessica, can you just introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us a little bit about your current season of life. Sure. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited for this whole thing and journey for you. So anyway, I'm I'm rooting you on. Well, my current season of life, we lived in Texas. We were there for about 15 years, and God called us out of Texas to come to Missouri, and we're still figuring out why. <laughs> But we've ended up moving twice in less than two years. So we are, we've been in a season of transition for like two years now. <laughs> and we've, we've said, God, please, uh, we're done. If we could just like establish it and put down some roots now, that'd be great. We were in public school at our first place and we came from a classical Christian school in Texas and we loved that one. And Turned out there was a school up in Springfield that was able to uh, have spots for the girls. So we ended up moving for the girls. And so that's been a fun transition. On the cosplay side of things, we, in Texas, it's funny how when you're in different seasons, your giftings are used in different ways. And long story short, Cosplay for Christ came about from a, (laughs) the need to have a small group because I was on staff at the church we were at. <laughs> and it was recommendatory that staff all served as a small group leader. So I'm like, oh, I'll just make a crafting group and and make it a hobby group. And so I did that. And then about a year or so later after that, I had like a God thought of cosplay for Christ. 
in the back of the stage of the <laughs> old auditorium. And I was like, cosplay for Christ. Oh, that's good, God. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think of that. I'm like, that's what it can be. And it this idea of a ministry started forming out of this God thought of cosplay for Christ. And so I started to looking into what what would that be? Because at that time I had just figured out that there's a thing called Comic-Con. <laughs> and I went to it. Okay, Jess, now I have to pause you real yeah. quick because I know there are some people out there going, what the heck is cosplay? <laughs> yeah. What is cosplay? Yes. Okay. So I love, I love, if you don't know what cosplay is, that is okay. It is a fringe thing that not many people know about. It is growing, especially in the younger communities. But <laughs> cosplay is just an acronym for costume and play. And they put the words together and they call it cosplay. And what a cosplayer is, someone who cosplays, is someone who dresses up as characters from their favorite movies, comic books, TV show, you name it. If it's something that someone has created, you can dress up as that thing. It could be inanimate objects. I mean, truly, you can be as creative as you want with your costume. And they can either attend Comic-Con, which is a common thing for cosplayers to go to. So Comic-Con, for those who don't know what that is, is a comic book convention. So if you've ever been to any kind of convention where a bunch of vendors come together and there's like speakers and, and you know, women's conferences, same thing, but in a nerd world. So we have usually uh, celebrities usually show up. You can meet your favorite, favorite celebrities. Um, there's always vendors that you can buy really cool you know, nerd things from anywhere from like clothing to crowns to uh, costumes to board games to you name it. If it's a vendor and they created something, you can probably buy it at Comic-Con. And, and then they have like costume contests. They have different panels where people talk about different subjects, all related to nerdish type things. So that's what Comic-Con is. So you can go as a cosplayer to Comic-Con, dress up in your favorite character, and walk around, meet people, and that's kind of the gist of what cosplay and cosplaying and Comic-Con are. So if that helps your audience who don't know what that is, that's what it is. And no judgment, like now you know, and now you could be, hey, I know what that is. I'm cool. <laughs> so Right, because I think that's great because I actually was, I was on your Cosplay for Christ podcast and I shared that with my audience. And then I was speaking at a local church and some ladies came up to me and they were like, oh, we love that podcast with the Comic-Con and our daughters are really into that. Oh, so yay. we need to find the link to that podcast so we can send it to them. So even if it's something you don't feel like you're personally interested in, I bet you it's going to make you relatable to somebody that you're going to encounter and that's really interested in this subject. And now you can say, oh yeah, I know all about what that is. And I guarantee you, if you are... With any younger crowds in the 20s and teens, they usually will know what Comic-Con and what cosplayers are. So that's that's a unique thing. It's the older generation, although there are some of us out there, <laughs> like we're not as into it as the younger kids are. So the whole cosplay for Christ was birthed out of this idea of this small group that it, I was like, we just, there's got to be other people that love Jesus and love nerdy things. And that was kind of the basics of what it was. Well, then it shifted. In 2018, I was on vacation and I had this quiet time with God and I felt God speaking to me that he wanted me to actually open a booth at Comic-Con in Austin. And I called my friend Laura and I said, would you do this with me? Let's talk about it. So she agreed and 
we felt it was a God thing. And so it shifted the ministry from just a small group of people who love God to an outreach. And so when that shifted, it was about three or four years of now this is an out, this is a, this is a outreach. This is a ministry for other people, not just inward. And the key scripture that God gave me was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And God showed me, that's John 14, 6, God showed me there's another way out of your anxiety. There's another way out of your depression. There is another way to that hole that you're filling, and it's Jesus. And in the cosplay world, as I started getting into it, I started seeing that there was such a darkness in this community because they don't know Jesus. They don't know Christ. And they, you go to Comic-Con and people are acting like they don't know Christ because shock alert, they don't know Christ. And when you go there and you represent Christ in a way that like, we had a sign that said cosplay for Christ. So we had no, <laughs> we didn't sell anything at our booth. We had a raffle. We gave away free pictures. We had a, like a photo booth set up so people could take free pictures. We wanted to have people experience Jesus and not have to pay for anything at our booth because at Comic-Con it's everything costs something. There's oh someone's always trying to sell you something. And my I had a really really strong feeling like I don't want anyone to feel like they have to do anything cuz Jesus is a free gift. I wanted to represent that well. And so our group went it was awesome. We had so many amazing stories, but what was cool about it is we ended up um, meeting so many I would say closet Christians at Comic-Con. They're Christian, but they were hiding because they didn't know that they could be Christian in a cosplay world or in a in a nerd world. And we were able to embolden them to be more vocal. We actually had vendors say, we now realize we can represent Christ and let people know we're Christians and still be in this world and do well. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> like People would say, oh, you're so brave. I'm like, no, I'm not. And so that season we were in for a long time, and then I moved. And I didn't have my group anymore because they're in Texas. And so I was like, okay, God, what, what is this? What am I doing? And I didn't feel released from the cosplay at all. Because I'm like, hey, if you, if you want to take this from me, if that was just the season it was in. I'm okay with it. I can take it or leave it. I love it. But if you're calling me to something else, then okay. But he called me to something else. He shifted. So the podcast was birthed out of obedience. <laughs> To Christ, because I felt at the time like I think I'm supposed to start a podcast, and I really didn't want to. Like it, it scared me to death to speak <laughs> to people with any kind of authority and like talk about Jesus in a um, recorded <laughs> public way. And I was like, "Oh, Laura, you could do it with me," and she's like, "No, I can't. That's you." I'm like, "Oh, thank God for friends that speak truth, right?" <laughs> So she's like, no, you got to do it by yourself. I'm like, okay, okay. So, but I felt so strongly. I told my husband about it. He's like, he's always been so supportive of it. He goes, if that's what God's telling you to do, you, you need to do it. I'm like, okay. So I started the podcast. Was it October of 2022? Yes. We've been, we've had like 27 episodes <laughs> and it's been a different thing. It, it's funny. It shifted again from outreach which it still has an element of outreach to it in the podcast, but my my focus now shifted again to kind of more Ephesians 2.10, where it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. 
And the question is, well, how do we walk in it with these gifts that God's given us? And as a very niche community of my skill set is cosplay. Well, how can Christians who are cosplayers walk in the gifts that God has given us and and like holy to God in a culture that is counter to what Christ is? And so that and it was this discipleship element of that as a cosplayer, and I'm an older cosplayer, I'm 42, which <laughs> is old in the cosplay world. I'm, you know, mentally I'm totally younger, but <laughs> physically I'm not. But like I have almost 10 years of cosplay experience now that I can, and I've been a Christian since I was young. So, so there's this element that's meshing of like, I have this craft that I've been doing and have been honing in on my skill, but also this pairing of my growth in Christ. And I, I really felt like I need to be starting to help walk through with people how it is to be a Christian cosplayer, represent Christ well, and how you act, how you speak. It's almost, the podcast almost turned into like a teaching, you know, God will give me a thought and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about that. And I've had a few people on here and there that I feel are more equipped to tackle subjects than I am, like yourself and fasting. Oh, loved, I loved you have it coming on my show. It was such a good podcast. Like you just, Jesus, great. But it was so good to have you come on to tell people the significant significance of fasting where it hits home more when you bring in someone who has more experience in that area than you do. So that's what it's turned into. That's the season it's in. That's where I'm at with my ministry. I'm, I'm literally just waiting for God to tell me the next thing to do <laughs> and I'm doing it. And that's where I'm at with with my house. Everything had to be like, because we moved again, re- reestablishing again, it's been an ability for us to purge the stuff that don't matter, that we really don't need and reevaluate again. It's like, redo it again, go do it again. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. So now it's like, okay, what are we establishing? Okay, first our home, you know, establish the home again, reestablishing where we're going to church, you know, and that's been a process. And, and like, what do we want to be involved with truly? And like having our yeses be strong yeses and saying no to most things. And so that's been kind of a cool transition as well with us personally, with our family, with moving. So that's a long, long answer to your question, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, but that's so good. And that gives everybody so much background into what you're doing. And I love that verse that you quoted from Ephesians, because that's really what I why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Because I think a lot of times when we think about having to do outreach or having to do like a big missionary work for God, we think that means, oh, I'm going to have to go travel somewhere far away. I'm no. going to do have to do something I absolutely hate. I'm going to have to do something that's so hard. But when I see you operating in your gifts, in things that God has put in you, in things that you're interested in, and in you're passionate about, and you have so much fun with it, And then you're ministering to people as you go. You have these people around you. I'm like, wow, that's it. That's what it looks like when God brings everything together for us. I just see you as being one of these exceptionally creative people. And like, I'll be looking on Instagram and there you are like painting a picture 
on Instagram and you've done like the opening sessions of our women's conferences before. And I've seen you sing on stage and seen you play the piano. Like you have all of these creative outlets. So what does creativity mean to you? Well, creativity, you know, everyone just assumes it's like you can paint. (laughs) That's being creative. But creativity is a way that you can express beauty to the things that you encounter every day. Like, how are you adding beauty to what you are doing? And it can be, it can be painting, it can be writing, it can be the traditional creative artistic things. But creativity, God is a creative God. The first thing he did was being creative when he created the earth. For me, it's an expression of beauty to what you're already doing or to think of things in a new way, to do things in a different way. Like that's another way to be creative is to look at something and be like, yeah, this is how we normally do it. But what if we did it this way and it may work and it may fail and that's okay. Being creative is it's a process. It's creating beauty wherever you go. Yeah. And it's important what you said about creativity is also in how we think about things or create a new thing because we mostly do think about creativity being of the arts, mm-hmm. but business people need to be creative. Scientists need to be creative. And where we might think of that as being an opposite, like an artist and a scientist, really scientists use creativity just as much in thinking up something new and co-creating with God. And God, like you said, he's a creator. And so when we're partnering with, uh, we are able to create in whatever sphere we're in. And I think that some people, they just don't think they're creative. They don't see themselves that way. But my kids are at an age where they're elementary age. And in the past years, we get out Play-Doh and we play with slime and we color and we draw. And they have that moment where they're like, oh, no, this drawing doesn't look good. Even though we tell them, no, it's not about how it looks. It doesn't have to look a certain way because it's art. But it is a lot about doing those activities, even if it's something you don't think that you like. And it doesn't have to be just art, music, writing, like you were saying, there's uh, gardening, there's all of these ways to be creative. But engaging in that physical work, there's something about that that I think is really restorative to our well-being. Mm -hmm. And our well-being, it's more than the diet and exercise, but it's like what makes us wholly well. And a part of that is that it's really good for our soul to have these creative outlets, right? Oh, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't just make costumes. It's funny, costuming came later in life for me. I started learning how to sew when I first got married, almost 20 years ago, actually. <laughs> my my husband's parents gave me a sewing machine. And so the first thing I made was a queen-size quilt with my mother-in-law. When, and we would like ship it back to each other because we live states away from each other. And that was the first thing I did. But I mean, music, gardening, creative writing, there's, there's, I mean, shoot, even making a spreadsheet and, and like getting it all correct and in line and like everything lines up and the fonts are correct and it looks good. Like there's, there's pride in that too. Like when you create, there's like a pride that you have, like I did that. And even if it's not good, I would say your kids, you know, or my kids or anyone, like, it's funny, you know, when you start something, it may be horrible. It, it may look like trash (laughs) and that's okay. The thing is, if it's interesting to you and you think it's cool, like keep at it. Like people don't be just become these like master seamstresses or artists just 
because they're just completely naturally talented. There's some people that have that talent, but there a lot of it is work that you put into it to keep honing in on that skill. But there's joy in honing in on that skill. Every time I sew a new costume, I am learning and adapting and taking the stuff I've learned before and putting it into the new creation. And when it works, it's great. I mean, still, I'm just making these PJs for my kids for Christmas I was telling you about. And <laughs> like... I did too big of a size. And now I have my own pajamas because I made them too big. And so like, and I've been sewing for years now and it's, st- I still make mistakes and it's okay. Like you, you almost learn more from failure than you do from, from not failing. And, but the whole process is part of the creative process that you do. And it's, it's, it's just rewarding to be like, cause when you struggle with something, and you struggled and you struggled and then you get it. There's so much greater reward and like, this is awesome. There's more joy in that when you've struggled, 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 and then you get it. And you do it the way you really were trying to get it. And you, you're just like, hey, this is like kind of pride of ownership, pride of, of what you do. And then also a joy. There's a joy that is there that like just feel, I'm sure it's endorphins. I'm sure there's a medical term for it, but it's like you get this uh, just flood of, yay, happiness. Like I did that. Yeah. No, it brings joy to your heart. And I think you bring up such an important point about working through the failures and that practice. And it's something I talk to my kids about because they're growing up in an age where you see the perfect polished 30 second clip on Mm -hmm. Pinterest or YouTube or social media that makes it look so easy to do something that's actually very hard. And you know that behind the scenes, that person had to invest hours on hours to hit that amazing home run in baseball. Or you might just see a complete exception and prodigy, like the four-year-old drummer on YouTube that's like better than any other drummer in the world. But when we see that, sometimes we skip this process of understanding that you have to go through some messy failure and practice and some things behind the scenes that nobody sees in order to get to that place where you have your finished product. Absolutely. And it's, you know, to kind of shift it a little bit too with just creative creativity being a well-being for you, like mentally, when I had my first baby, I had really horrible postpartum depression like very, very bad. I wasn't suicidal, but I was crying all the time. I wouldn't want to pick up my baby, but I didn't want to harm her. But it was like a weird, like I was a shell of a person. And I just kind of fell into myself, if that makes sense. It was like I was hollow Jessica. (laughs) And it was really bad and affected my marriage to the point where I was like, I'm not going to divorce my husband, but I'm just not going to be happy. I mean, it was bad. It was so bad. It was around seven years that we had been married. And I remember it was about nine months after she had been born that my sister called me because she could tell something was up, but I wasn't sharing with anybody what was wrong because I didn't know what was wrong. I thought it was normal. And she was like, I'm just going to call you every day. And I think you need to start writing down stuff. I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and so she called me every day, and we would talk. But then I started writing a, an anonymous blog and just start putting my thoughts and what I was feeling, and just just write. I started writing, and it was a process of like three months of that beginning. Of my sister talking to me, my writing, starting to write and be creative in my writing that I was doing anonymously, and then I got 
a job to work on a film where I was able to use my my creativity, my skill set, my administration skills. I wasn't doing costuming, location research, and then doing like YouTube license some copyright infringement. <laughs> it was something super nerdy, but not cool. But I enjoyed it because it was I'm very administrative too. And so it was like this 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 job that I felt like I I was able to start helping someone outside of myself. And and literally by the end of that year, I was I was fine. I the postpartum was gone. And I mean, I probably needed medication <laughs> for that one because I had it again with the second baby. But the second time, I think it was spiritual because my mother-in-law prayed over me and it was instantly gone. And so, you know, the thing that helped me with the first one was that creative outlet that I started going into with writing and with practically doing things in the film industry. You know, I it, it snapped me out of myself and helped, it really helped my brain <laughs> in a lot of ways because I had a false view of self-worth also at the time because I had stopped working. I was working full-time and, you know, my identity was with what I did, my job. And, you know, to go from that where I felt I was an important aspect and help of a large, you know, church to I'm just a mom, you know, it, it really affected my psyche in that way, because I had um, the false identity of who I was. And so it's a process. <laughs> and when you're creative, your identity is in what you do almost all the time, because usually creative people are affirmation people too. So if people aren't telling you, you did a good job constantly, and that's where you're getting your worth out of, when that dries up, you feel worthless. And, and I had a lot of value on how much money you make. And like, if I'm not making money, then I don't have value either. And so I was mentally had a lot of fun issues that I was dealing with mental gymnastics in my head. But it was through starting that writing and being creative. And then really actually starting to understand um, getting into the Bible, getting into the word more Because yes, I was on staff at church, but I was not in my Bible, you know, because I didn't have time because I was working so much. <laughs> it was so much work. And so who has time to read about Jesus when you have to teach people about Jesus? <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's kind of sad and it's true. But it's like I actually was able to start getting into the Word of God. And like slowly, it was like this slow, just gentle hand that God like started guiding me through who He says I am and what He thinks about me and the gifts he's given me and how it's not about me. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about him and his glory and what he's given me to produce glory for him, not for me. And that was something that years and years and years and years, he has been leading me and guiding me. And I'm still, he's still leading me and guiding me because it's very easy to say, it's Jess' platform. It's all about Jess. And it's easy to fall into that trap of self-promotion and all this stuff, but it's about God. It's about Jesus and humbling myself. And yes, he's given me these talents and this creativity to express things that I could do. I could do a lot of things, but if God is not in it and God is not telling me to do it, then I don't want to have anything to do with it, you know? And that's kind of where God has led me through this process. And I'm so happy he's let me continue cosplay because I love, I love making costumes. I love the cosplay community. I love talking to these young kids 
who either love Christ or don't love Christ, it doesn't matter. I love talking to them and getting in the world because the world is shifting so drastically and no one's authentic anymore. No one's real anymore. And to be real with people and actually listen to them. And I have some worth to them because I have this ability, which who cares about? But for them, like, okay, I have some weight that I can speak with authority on because God has given me this talent to do. And I've honed it and I've worked, I'm still working on it. I'm still, (laughs) I will forever be working on it, Stephanie. But it's so exciting to see when the light switches or that, hey, that really helped. Like that comment, like that they got to see God through something I did is like the best reward that you can get. And as creative, it's like, I just got a hundred points, gold stars, uh, A plus plus, you know? I think that you are right on point in talking about how all this relates to work and how work can define our identity. And in the Duke Wheel of Health, which that's who I did my health and wellness coaching certification with, they have this wheel of health with eight parts, and one of them is fulfillment and purpose. And it doesn't say work and career, but it says fulfillment and purpose. But for so many people, your job is so much of your time. It's your 40 hours a week that it's really, really important. And it really does become a part of your identity because you're just investing so much in it. So sometimes your career is your source of fulfillment and purpose, but not always. Sometimes it can still be through the things that you do outside of work, or it can be in ministry, it can be in family, it can be in your creative outlets. And that's where I see you functioning. And just as you were just talking about with so much joy and passion for what you do. And so how does how does your ministry, your cosplay for Christ ministry, impact your well-being in that area of fulfillment and purpose? Well, what's cool is that it's not, like I said before, it's not about me. And so it's this unique, I don't know, Stephanie, when you're, when you let go of yourself and just allow God to lead you and to be obedient to his voice of what he's telling you to do, there is a freedom that I can't even explain to it because when it was me and me doing it the way I thought it needed to be and the schedule I needed to be on and the things and the identities I wanted people to think of me as, it was very burdening. There was a burden that came with that and a stress. I felt like I had to fulfill a thing and an expectation that I put on myself or that I felt people were putting on me. But when it's the God of the universe putting this thought on you or this this thing on you, you almost have this freedom being like, well, if God said to do it, then I'm going to do it. Whether I fail or or win, it doesn't matter because God's in it. And there's like this release of stress, honestly. And it can still be scary. I still have like slight panic attacks anytime I record a podcast or interact with people online. <laughs> like it's, it's still there. Like I still have that issue. But when God's in it, it's like, I know that God's with me and there's a peace that comes to that. And the ministry side brings this fulfillment of not just like this personal, like, hey, I made it. There's that pride, like good pride, not pride comes before the fall type stuff, but like that I made that that's there's a worth of I made that and it's worth something, but then it's paired with this spiritual side of it that's like, and God's purpose is blessing it and and he's getting the glory for it. So it's this cool partnership that I find with my ministry and my craft that I get to express and get that benefit of of now God knowing God's in it. It it's I, I don't even know if what the word is to describe it, but I have a piece 
And that piece is huge because there's a lot of other stuff vying for my attention within my family, with the school, with my husband's work, with chores, you know, there's all this other stuff I have to do. But like the creative thing I get to do, I get to do, I get excited when it's like, okay, it's time for the next one. Like, sweet. Like I, I look forward to it because it's not a burden anymore because it's not about me. Stephanie here. I want to jump in and just say a quick word about health and wellness coaching because it's about more than exercise programs and diets. It's about what makes you wholly well as a person and our fulfillment and purpose, our mental health, our emotional health, our community, our mindful awareness. These are all different facets of what it looks like to be wholly well. And so I would invite you, if that's something of interest to you, check out stephaniechodges.com and see what coaching might be a good fit for you. I kind of wrote down when I'm doing my podcast or creating something, I'm not doing it for my benefit. I'm doing it for the service of God and others. And there's, there's, it's like that spirit of giving. It's so much better to give and see the joy in people's eyes about what they got than to get a cool gift. Like I love getting gifts. It's cool. But when I give like that perfect gift that I know someone wanted and they get it and they open it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is what I wanted. And they have that joy. I feel like it's that same feeling when you're able to represent Christ well. And so the ministry and my identity, my identity is Christ. My identity is who he says I am. I'm chosen nation, a royal priesthood. I'm a child of God. And what won't the father do for his child? You know, and having that same alignment, like, what I want is what God wants. What God wants is what I want. And there's just symbiosis of like, it is the same thing. And yes, my flesh gets in the way. And yes, I mess up. <laughs> and yes, I yell at my kids. And I get frustrated when I can't get the stupid holes to punch while I'm doing grommets with a stupid corset that messed up again, <laughs> you know, but it's okay. It's okay because my identity is not in the costume. My identity is in Christ. and. Hopefully that relays to people because when you deal with insecure people that don't know who they are in Christ, they're all over the place. They're they're anxious, they're mean, they're superficial, they're all this stuff because they're trying to put on a, a thing that is not them. But when you are confident in who you are in Christ, you have this authority and this peace that people can sense and people can see it. And they're like, what is that? And why do you have it? And I don't. And it's a great opportunity to be like, because God's awesome. That's why. And I know it. And I know it, know it. Not just like Sunday school answer, oh, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. No, I know he loves me. (laughs) I know it in my soul. I know he loves me. I know his plans for me are good and for me to prosper and for me to, to, to do things for his glory. And it doesn't mean that won't be hard. So I think people get this weird thought that, oh, if I follow God, then it's going to be easy. And then it'll be, everything will line up. It is only through the Holy Spirit that we can do anything. Apollos waters, Peter or Paul will plant, but it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can do anything and that that seed will grow. And when we start realizing that it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can do anything, then there's a release of stress and a freedom that you start experiencing. And it's unlike anything else. And I love it. I love it. And I hope I continue to grow in that because that's my goal. And also just represent Christ well. You know, it's hard, you know, be real with people. 
people can see you struggle and that's okay. We don't need to hide everything. But we also need to be wise with the words we share with people too. <laughs> so that's so, so good. And I can say that even these years we've known each other, we both had our fair share of struggles over the years in different ways. But you have always been so authentic to who you are and to be willing to be honest about what's going on. And that's really, really important. It's important to be honest because we all want to impress people and we're afraid of the criticism that we're going to get. And sometimes in the Christian world, you know, there are certain people you can come to them and then you just end up feeling ashamed because it's like, well, pray about it, have faith. And they are giving you some answers that are just slapping a sticker on your problem rather than really listening to you. And you have always been someone that I can count on to really listen to me and not just give me the textbook answer, but to to be there for me. And that's what we need in life. And we need those people around us. And I just pray for everybody that if you don't have that, you're going to find those people, whether it's online and, and it's reaching out to us online. And But it also needs to be somebody in your real life, in your circle that yeah. you can get really real with. And this whole, everything that you've shared with us today, I hope it's really inspiring to people. Now, I know for me, I tried to sew in home ec like a really simple like bag and apron and I was awful. Like I couldn't sew a straight line. And so sewing is not it for me. But you're uh, right. But, but I can write, I can do some other things. And I'm also encouraged to just see what God has already given me. And for you as well, it was like this was something that was already in you and something that you already loved. And so for each of us, if we can lean into that and really steward it well, like you talked about in honing your skills and then see how we can give to others through that, then that's where God can really start to build up in our lives a sense of what we're talking about with fulfillment and purpose. And I think it's a, a deep godly satisfaction yeah. of what you're doing. And so I hope that everybody can lean into that. And we have just two final questions that I like to ask everybody. And the first one is, what book or podcast do you recommend? Because I am a nerd. I always want to read or learn something new. So what do you love? Okay. I have such a list of podcasts and books. I try, I like wrote them down and I've tried to like narrow it down. So I'm just going to shoot out. A, it's probably too much. <laughs> okay. So podcasts, I love. Okay. If you're going like spiritual Jesus made for this Jenny Allen. Freaking love her. She's always so encouraging and speaks truth. I love her. Front Porch Theology with Lisa Harper, because Lisa Harper is part of my story. So she always has a very special part. Katie Lewis, Bountiful Living, loving, like just love her teaching and her her heart. Okay. So that's like my 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 Christian. If you want to go nerdy, <laughs> nerdy Christian. Nerd of Godcast, freaking awesome. If you like listen to it with your kids, they'll love it because they do games and stuff. It's all nerd culture. And it's a group out of Florida that has a church and they do MegaCon and it's awesome. That's another Comic-Con in case your listeners don't know. Uh, cultish, if you want to learn about cults and stuff. Oh, I love it. I'm like binging it right now. And let's say that's not because you want to be in a cult, no. but it's because you want to know how to recognize cultish no. behavior. It's so good. It's so good. I started from the very beginning. It's like the church, Apologia Church. And anyway, it's wonderful. Faith and Fandom is really good. Ricky Pope, Christian Nerds Unite podcast. But okay, there's one I just listened to. It's just a series. And I think everyone should listen to it, especially if you're in leadership or going through like division in your church or in your school or whatever. It's what happened at First Baptist. Oh my gosh. 
It was so good. Stephanie, you need to listen to it. It's so good. Like, very good. Okay, so that's podcasts. Books. Okay, hard to... Okay, best biography I've read is Spurgeon by um, Arnold Dallimore. So good. I didn't really know about Spurgeon other than I knew he was some kind of like good jerk guy. It was so urging to read it because this guy was like... They said he was like a warm hearth anytime he entered the room. I'm like, oh, I want to be a warm hearth. I want to be a fireplace to people that just cozy up. I want to listen. And anyway, it was such a good book. And then like, I know Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. That was such a pivotal, while I was working with Littles, that was such a good book for setting your priorities straight and like getting who you give time to like the priority, like your family, God, you know, and then moving it out. Such a good book. And then John Bevere, Driven by Eternity was probably one of my other pivotal mind altering, like made me think of something in a different way. I have so many. Mark of the Lion, Francine Rivers. If you, Be careful of Francine Rivers. Can I just put it out there? If you have any kind of like issues with sexual stuff, don't read her <laughs> because she is Christian, but it is if you struggle with stuff, it is not the book to read. So I just want to put that like out there. But um, her Mark of the Lion trilogy was just so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. She did Redeeming Love. So Redeeming Love is where I give the caveat. The other stuff is fine. But Mark of the Lion was so good. Like so good. And of course, Pride Prejudice, Jane Austen. Come on. I read that every year. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I have, I've read... 38 books this year. And I'm like, oh, there's so many. Wheel of Time, so good. If you like like fantasy, you know, The Hobbit, the C.S. Lewis, Tilly Have Faces. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I okay. Go on. We'll have to get a list of that. You were trying there's to so take many. notes. I know. You said one. I can't. It's hard to pick. There's m- different categories, Stephanie. You have to be specific. I understand. You're a very multidimensional person. <laughs> you can't narrow it down. <laughs> Okay. Well, the last question is, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Mm. So I had to think about this one a bit. I would say, ultimately, say no more often. Like, say no. Say no to things. I would say yes to everything. Say no. No is a good word. And just stop caring about what people think about you and care more about what God thinks about you. Because that's that and invest in Apple. Absolutely. 25-year-old me would be rich right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah mm, apple man <laughs> oh that's such a good one nobody said anything like that yet it's like hey because, let's get practical here because you know i'm not always spiritual <laughs> best in apple yes okay yeah but more so say no more often and and care about what god thinks about you because i cared greatly about whatever the, everyone else thought of me so except god I figured I kind of took him for granted. So that's mm. it. That maybe set firmer boundaries with your parents. <laughs> but that's for another time. All right. Unfortunately, we have to, I'm cutting you off now. <laughs> but please do go listen to Jess's podcast, Cosplay for Christ. Even if you're not into the costume, it's about so much more than that. You will get a lot out of it. And now you're cool kids. You know all about the Comic Con and the cosplay. So thank you for sharing with us, Jess, and be blessed in all that you do. Love you. Thanks for having me on. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Holy Well Journey podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and you can also head over to holywelljourney.com to check out the show notes and the whole podcast library. That's also where you'll find information about our health and wellness coaching, which you can participate in online from wherever you are in the world. Just a reminder and disclaimer that this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Please be sure to consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or exercise plan or starting to fast. If you're interested in more information about fasting and spiritual disciplines, check out danielfastjourney.com. Thanks for joining us on this journey to becoming wholly well.